0: Welcome in to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Sit back and relax as I update you on everything going on in the world of Red Sox baseball from Boston and beyond. Please be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome into another episode of Focused on Fenway. First things first, happy Labor Day. And second things second, I guess. I guess that's how that saying goes. Um, the Red Sox do not appear to be in contention anymore. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Um, I remember in my last episode, I said that I really believed that they needed to sweep the Twins in order to really put themselves back in there's a position of having a chance, and they did not do that. They dropped two out of three, so we're just gonna dive right into that series against Minnesota. Um, sorry, these game like the first game we're gonna talk about happened a week ago. I've just been extremely busy, so I'm sorry about that. But we're just gonna get right into it regardless. So Boston dropped game one of that series four to two. Um, let's see what we got here. Brian Bello pitched for the Red Sox. He threw four innings, gave up five hits, three runs, walked three, and struck out two. So definitely not, not a good day for uh, Brian. And Dylan Bundy was on the mound for the Twins. He pitched 4.2 innings, giving up nine hits, two runs, walking one, and striking out three. Uh, not a ton of scoring in this game. As I said, the final score was only four the two Twins. The Red Sox got off to a very good start, as in the top of the third inning, uh, Alex Verdugo hit a double to deep left, that scored Tommy Pham, and then in the top of the fourth, McGuire doubled to left, and that scored Trevor Story, but the Twins had a a good um, two innings in the bottom of the fourth and fifth, and the Red Sox were not able to recover, as Cave hit a sack, fly to center, and scored Miranda. And then Urshela doubled the deep right, which scored Areas, Miranda, and Correa and secured the 4-2 win for Minnesota in game one. So moving on to game two, this one was even worse for the Red Sox uh, as they dropped this one 10-5. Kyler Crawford started for Boston. He went 4.1 innings, giving up four hits, four runs, four walks, and five strikeouts. And then on the other side for the Twins, Chris Archer pitched. He, he went 4.1 innings, giving up five hits, four runs, two walks, and striking out three. A lot of scoring here. For the Twins, Gordon doubled the deep left center in the bottom of the first. That scored Miranda and Kepler. In the bottom of the second, Cave homeward to center. The Red Sox fought back in the top of the fourth and fifth innings. Even took a brief lead as Rafael Devers hit a sack fly to center, which scored Alex Verdugo. In the bottom of the or in the top of the fourth, then in the fifth, the Red Sox had a great inning as Tommy Pham singled to right, which scored Kike Hernandez. Xander Bogart singled to left center, which scored McGuire. Then Alex Verdugo scored on a wild pitch, and yeah, so the Red Sox took a four-three lead at that point. But then in the bottom of the fifth, Gordon hit a three-run homer, excuse me, a four-run homer. A Grand Slam that put the Twins up 7-4. to four. Gary Sanchez hit another Twins homer in the bottom of the sixth that put the Twins up 8-4. Uh, Alex Verdugo doubled the deep center in the top of the seventh, which scored Tommy Pham, making the score 8-5 to five Twins. But then the Twins had a good bottom of the eighth inning as Areyes singled the center, which scored Castellino. And then Correa singled the left, score, left center, which scored Sanchez. So, And that... Secured the 10-5 win for the Twins. Then, in the final game of the Twins series, the Red Sox finally managed to pick up a win. Michael Waha was on the mound. That's always a good thing. Uh, He pitched six innings, um, giving up two runs, seven strikeouts, and one walk. Then, on the other side, for the Twins, Joe Ryan pitched. He pitched five innings, giving up five runs, striking out eight, and walking one. So... Xander Bogarts hit a grand slam in the top of the third inning, which obviously put Boston up 4-0. J.D. Martinez tacked on another to put the Red Sox up 5-0. Then the Twins had some magic in the bottom of the third as Reyes homer to right, which also scored Leone. Then in the top of the sixth, Bogarts doubled to right, which scored Kevin Ploiecki. In the bottom of the seventh for the Twins, Areyes hit a sack fly to center, which scored Gordon And then in bottom of the eighth, Gordon doubled the deep right, which scored Kepler and Urshela. And Gordon ended up getting thrown out at third. And that was all the scoring, as Boston avoided the sweep and took the 6-5 victory. So the Rangers series went a lot better, and we're going to step away for a second. But when we return, we'll break that down. Are you a fan of mixed martial arts? If so, I have a place for you. Brawl Talk MMA is one of the best places to go for interviews with fighters, fight predictions, recaps, and so much more. Brawl Talk MMA is run by my good friend, Will Miller, and let me tell you, he is one of the best in the business. You can follow Brawl Talk on Instagram at Brawl Talk MMA and subscribe on YouTube. Let Will know I sent you. Alright, so now for some happier news. The Red Sox swept the Rangers this weekend. And I, I don't know if this is right off the top of my head, but I think this might be the first series the Red Sox have swept since I've started this podcast. I, I really think that's the case. I can't remember another series that we've swept. But anyways, game one was on Thursday night, and the Sox won 9-8. to eight. And this one was a lot of fun. 40 Red Sox. Rich Hill was on the mound. He pitched four innings, giving up five hits, four runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. On the other side for the Rangers, it was... Our man Glenn Otto on the mound. He pitched five innings, giving up four hits, three runs, one walk, and striking out eight. Um, Familia ended up with the win for the Red Sox, and Hernandez ended up with the loss for Texas. So, in the bottom of the third, Seager singled to the left center, which scored Thompson. Then uh, the Red Sox took the lead in the bottom of the fourth, as Christian Royo doubled to the right, which scored Bogart and Verdugo. In the top of the 5th, Seager hit another double, which scored Simeon, and tied the game at 2. And Garcia grounded into a fielder's choice, which scored Seager. And then Matias singled the center, which scored Garcia, and put the Rangers up 4-2. to two. Then in the bottom of the 6th, Verdugo home to center, and make the score 4-3. Then the Rangers had another big inning in the top of the 7th, seventh as Calhoun hit a sack fly, which scored Hyam. And Simeon reached on infield single to score Taveras. And then to make matters even worse for the Red Sox, in the top of the eighth, Garcia Homer to left, which scored low and put the Rangers up eight to three. But the Rangers bullpen is absolutely terrible. And then the bottom of the eighth, Devers doubled the deep center, which scored Bogart's. Arroyo singled the center, which scored Devers. And in the bottom of the ninth, Devers doubled the left center, which scored Pham and Verdugo to make the score 8-7. to Kike Hernandez singled to right, which scored Bogarts. And then Rob Snyder singled to left, which scored Rafael Devers. his I believe his first walk-off hit with the Red Sox. It was a fun game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that one. Just very exciting. I did not think the Red Sox were going to come back, but it's always nice to be proven wrong about that sort of thing. So moving on to Game 2. The Red Sox won this one by a big 9-1 lopping of the Rangers. Nick Pavetta started. He pitched three innings, giving up four hits, one run, two walks, and two strikeouts. I guess it was just a stamina thing. I They probably could have left him, but I don't know. They didn't. And Dallas Keuchel pitched for Texas. Um kind of funny. Dallas Keuchel, Texas Rangers, but anyway. He pitched 4.2 innings, giving up 7 hits, 7 runs, 3 walks, and striking out 6. So a lot of scoring for the Red Sox in this one. It got started in the bottom of the first inning as Xander Bogarts doubled the deep right center to score Alex Verdugo. Seager tied it up in the top of the third as he reached on an infield single that scored Thompson. Kike Hernandez doubled the left in the bottom of the fourth, which scored Devers. And then Christian Arroyo singled the center, which scored Martinez and Hernandez, and put the Red Sox up 4-1. And then they never looked back. In the bottom of the fifth, Devers doubled the deep center, which scored Bogarts. Martinez singled the center, which scored Devers. And then Kike Hernandez doubled the left, which scored J.D. Martinez. And then in the bottom of the seventh inning, Long homer to center, which scored Kike Hernandez, and put the Red Sox up nine-one. So just a very dominant showing. It's kind of, it's getting kind of rare to see the Red Sox dominate teams like that this year. So whenever I do get to enjoy one of those, I, I'm very very appreciative. So moving on to Game Three, this was on Saturday. The Red Sox won five-three. I know the attention of the sports world was very much on college football on Saturday which understandably so. I go to Auburn. I was at the Auburn game. I didn't watch the Red Sox on Saturday. I'll be the first to admit it. But Brian Bello pitched for the Red Sox, and he picked up his first win of the, his career. So great job, Brian. He pitched six innings, giving up no runs, striking out five and walking one. Then it was Dennis Santana on the mound for the Rangers. He pitched two innings, giving up one run, striking out three and walking two. And John Screeber um, he threw .2 innings, no runs allowed, one strike and no walks to pick up his sixth save of the year. So the Red Sox once again got started right away. In the bottom of the first, as Rafael Devers doubled the center, which scored Xander Bogarts. Then they had a big inning in the bottom of the fifth, as Bogarts grounded into a fielder's choice, which scored Hernandez off an error. And then... Rafael Devers grounded into a fielder's choice, which scored Alex Verdugo. Then in the bottom of the seventh inning, JD Martinez grounded into a fielder's choice, and that ended up scoring Xander Bogarts. So, what I'm seeing with the Rangers is they really need to work on their infield and they need to work on their bullpen for next year. Then in the bottom of this, uh, yeah, bottom of the seventh. Uh, Trevor Story doubled the deep right, which scored Raphael Devers, and put the Red Sox up 5 to nothing. Simeon homered in the top of the eighth, which uh, also scored Thompson, to, make the, to cut the Red Sox lead to just 3. And then Lowe also homered to left center, which cut the Red Sox lead to 2. But it's okay. The Red Sox didn't blow it and picked up the third win of this series and secured the series win. So last night, or yesterday afternoon, the Red Sox were able to finish off the sweep, and it was it was fun to watch. Just Red Sox sweeps are very few and far between now, as I previously mentioned, so whenever I get to see one, it just makes me over the moon. Josh Winkowski pitched for the Red Sox. He threw for four innings, giving up three hits, two runs, walking three, and striking out three. Then on the other side for the Rangers, it was Dane Dunning. He pitched four innings, giving up eight hits, five runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. Uh, the Rangers got off to a hot start in top of the first, as Garcia hit a ground rule double, which scored Simeon. And then Haim grounded out the first, which scored low. But the Red Sox wasted very little time responding, as also in the bottom of the first, Xander Bogarts hit a ground rule double, which scored Tommy Pham. And then Trevor Story hit a three-run shot at the left, which also scored Alex Verdugo and Xander Bogarts and put Boston up 4-2. to Then in the bottom of the second, Xander Bogarts singled to right, which scored Wong, and put the Red Sox up 5-2. And that was all the scoring. The Red Sox just rode it out from there. And once again, John Schreiber, he pitched the ninth inning. And one inning pitch, no runs, two strikeouts, no walks, picked up his seventh save of the year. So very good stuff. Very good to see some fight in the Red Sox, despite their playoff chances looking very, very bleak at this point. But we're going to step away for another quick break. and When we get back, we will preview the three-game set coming up with a raise in Tampa. Heading to a game at Fenway, be sure to stop outside of Gate C and pick up a copy of the Yakuway Report. There are plenty of great articles, some written by your favorite podcast host, Daniel Locke, and so much more. You don't want to miss out on the best Red Sox program in town. All right, so as always, before we get into previewing the upcoming series for the Red Sox, we're going to briefly discuss the standings. As I mentioned, the Red Sox have really just kind of depleted any chances they have. However, after sweeping the Rangers, they have gotten their record up to 67 and 68. So if they can manage to take two out of three with the Rays, they will be above 500. And at this point, like you've got to just kind of make little mental games or just small goals for yourself. I hope the Red Sox choose to treat just finishing above 500 as that they will be the only team in the MLB to come in last in their division but have a above 500 record. And that's just that's pretty that that's just inspiring. You know, they didn't give up. Uh, anyways, their record now is 67 and 68. They are five games behind the Baltimore Orioles, who are seventy-one and sixty-two. So I don't think they're catching them. It really hurts to see to, to see yourself in last place um, with the Orioles on top of you. But that's just what the Red Sox have put themselves into. They are seven and a half games out of the third wild card spot, which is currently held by the Tampa. Or excuse me. The Tampa Bay Rays have the second spot. The Toronto Blue Jays have the third spot. So the AL East is likely going to have three teams um, in the playoffs, which is cool. That's always fun to see. But one thing that's crazy is the New York Yankees, who at one point, when the Red Sox were in second, I think, they were 16 games behind the Yankees. And now the Tampa Bay Rays are in second place, but they're only five games back from the Yankees. So... I don't know. I'm a little torn in this series because you know if if the Red Sox or if the Rays were to do very well against the Red Sox, which let's face it, it's very possible, they could gain some ground on the Yankees and potentially make the race for the division a lot more interesting than anyone thought. But at the same time, I'm never going to root for the Red Sox to lose, especially when it just does nothing but benefit a rival. Because I mean, either way, like I know the the Yankees are obvious, obviously our biggest rival, but the Rays are still 1-2, so I don't know. I definitely still want the Red Sox to dominate, but we'll see. So today, Michael Wacha is on the mound for the Red Sox. He is 10-1 on the year with a 2.56 ERA, a 1.02 whip, 95 innings pitched, 71 hits, 76 strikeouts, and 26 walks. As I previously mentioned, his last outing was on Wednesday against the Twins. He pitched six innings, giving up four hits, two runs, and one walk, and striking out seven. Then for the Rays, they have Luis Patino on the mound. He is 1-1 one one on the year with a 3.95 ERA, a 1.61 whip, 13.2 innings pitched, 16 hits, seven strikeouts, six walks. So... They just called him up. He hasn't really done a ton yet, but I like this one for the Red Sox. Anytime walkout's pitching, I'm confident, so I think the Red Sox can get it done today. Then, looking ahead to Game 2, Rich Hill's on the mound for the Red Sox. He is 6-5 on the year with a 4.52 ERA, a 1.29 whip, 93.2 innings pitched, 92 hits, 76 strikeouts, and 29 walks. His last outing was on Thursday against the Rangers. He pitched four innings, giving up five hits, four runs, walking two. Excuse me, walking four and striking out two. So you know, not great. And he'll be looking to shake that off. Drew Rasmussen is on the mound for the Rays. He's having a very good year. Nine and four on the season with a two point seven zero ERA, a one point zero five WHIP, one hundred sixteen point two innings pitched, ninety five hits. 103 strikeouts and 27 walks. His last outing was on Wednesday night against the Miami Marlins. He pitched six innings, giving up four hits, one run, walking no one, and striking out four. So Drew's a force to be reckoned with, and I, I really hope the Red Sox can find a way to crack his shell early, get into the bullpen, but we'll have to wait and see. Then in the series finale on Wednesday night, um, Jeffrey Springs is pitching for the Rays. The Red Sox have not declared a starter. Springs is 7-4 and four on the year with a 2.62 ERA at 1.12 whip, 106.2 innings pitched, 93 hits, 117 strikeouts, and 26 walks. His last outing came against the Yankees on Friday. He pitched 5.2 innings, um, 4 hits, no runs, walking 3, striking out 7. So he's a pretty good pitcher, pretty good pitcher. The Rays really have one of the most solid and complete rotations in the MLB, so I'm interested to see what the Red Sox are able to do with that. However, that is going to be all the time we have today. Thank you for listening. As I already said, have a great, great Labor Day, and I will speak with you soon. Thank you for listening to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I had a great time keeping you informed on everything going on with the Boston Red Sox. Please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Finway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Lott. Have a great rest of your day and I'll speak to you soon.